The JLab JBuds line has something for everyone. Like the JBuds Mini, the smallest earbud on the market by a major brand. Fits on your keychain. Perfect for on the go. They come in five amazing colors. Or the JBuds Air Sport. True wireless sport earbuds that have a secure fit, are sweatproof, and have be aware mode that allow you to exercise while still being aware of your surroundings. With over 44 hours of playtime, they help you conquer the hardest workouts. Use the code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The Volume. It's Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there's no better place to get in on that action than FanDuel. But why, T-Bob? Why? Well, let me tell you. Okay, first off, the app is safe, secure, it's easy to use, okay? FanDuel always has these great exclusive offers where you can get juice, win a little more. Uh, when you win, you'll get paid fast. No waiting, no BS. And they got a ton of ways to play, man. Spread, money line over, unders, totals, props, same game, parlays, everything. Live betting. If you get to the show late, it doesn't matter. Just live bet it. They also have the teasingly vague same game parlay. Plus, I don't think it's a streaming service, but there's only one way to find out. It's by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, promo code SNAPS, and make every moment more this football season. What's up, everyone? Aaron Murray here. Another late night edition of SNAPS, and my goodness, if you weren't watching college football on Saturday, I don't know what the hell you're doing because you missed out on one of the most exciting weekends of football that I've ever been a part of. It was from from the minute we said go. I mean, go back to even Thursday night, that game between West Virginia uh, and, 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 and their way and the, the way they won that game really was an indication of what we were going to get this weekend. And uh, let's start with the big one first. Obviously, let's go to let's go to Rocky Top. Let's go to Knoxville. And Tennessee getting the big monkey off their back in a big fashion there, beating Alabama 52-49. to And the one thing we knew about Tennessee heading into the season was the, the leadership and the, the – especially from a guy like Hendon. So with all the, the COVID years, with the, the red shirts and all that, Hendon's 24 years old. He's a mature quarterback. He's played a lot of football and just in general, a mature human being that wasn't going to shy away from this sort of opportunity, kind of shy away from the brand of Alabama football and looked really darn good. And it's funny because, I mean, we, we, we talk about 
you know, Henry doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's a guy that takes care of the football. And it just seemed tonight, every time that, that Tennessee made a mistake, Hendon throws an interception. You know, it wasn't, wasn't all his fault. There was pressure in his face, kind of gets backed up. We understand did a great job off the end. Uh, deep dig route coming from left to right. Guy was open, but it's kind of hard to get that arm coming down. Ball sails, interception from the safety. And what does he do? Comes back and leads a touchdown drive. Tennessee later in the game, turnover once again. Alabama kind of seems like, okay, man, they're, they're, they they got a couple stops. Alabama's going to somehow, as we all know, you know, find a way to win this football game. Tennessee kind of puts back that, that turnover, goes down and scores again. You know, the, the, the maturity and confidence from, from Tennessee to, to not back down when adversity sets. I think that, to me, was, is how Alabama beats you because a lot of teams come out swinging, man. Like you're, you're facing Alabama for goodness sakes. Like you're going to come out there in in the first and second quarter and you're going to, you're going to empty, empty your tank. You know, whether it's that your, your OCDC is going to have the game plan with, you know, whether it's trick plays, maybe something on the teams defensively, you're going to bring, you know, bring in all your sort of blitzes, everything to try to confuse Bryce and the offense, whatever, like you are literally emptying the tank and you kind of get worn out there in the second half. Or the minute adversity kind of starts to, to strike, you kind of say, like, damn, it's Alabama. We gave it our best, but it's Alabama. And for a lot of teams that, you know, Tennessee, once again tonight, goes up in a big fashion, 21-7 there at the end of the first quarter. You're up, tw- I think, 28-20 to 20 heading into halftime. And then all of a sudden the second half starts and Alabama scores 15 points and takes the lead in the second half. 90% of teams, if not 95 plus percent of teams at that point would, would throw in the towel. It's Nick Saban, even shit where we're I'm watching the game here. At my, I'm at my parents' house and my mom goes, well, Alabama won the game. Alabama won. Everyone thought that Tennessee fans and everyone thought that, Hey, we're all fan happy in the first half. They can't stop us. We're getting a couple stops on defense. Things are rolling right now for, for Tennessee. And as soon as Alabama got the league, my mom goes, well, I know this story. I think that everyone watching that game kind of felt the same way. We know this narrative. Alabama was going to come back. Alabama was going to win. And it looked like that for a little bit. But Hennon Hooker, man, and, and Jalen Hyatt, who has been absolutely tremendous. Let's not forget, their best receiver, Cedric Tillman, has been out for weeks now. One of the best receivers in America. And Jalen Hyatt's a guy that, you know, had a lot of promise, a lot of hype, has really not met those expectations. And then all of a sudden, this, this, this season has really blossomed. And I had them a few weeks ago, and I you know, was talking to the coaching staff about that. And just his attention to detail, his dedication to the weight room to get a little bit more physical, to be able to break some tackles. We knew he was a speedy receiver on the outside that could take the top off a of defense. So, you know, his emergent, along with Keen, has played well over the past few weeks. Obviously, Brew McCoy, uh, you know, not his statistically best game this week has played extremely well over the past three weeks, and they're really bullish on him. So the fact that they're able to have this kind of production without their best receiver, Cedric Tillman, is scary. It is, it, is, it, is, it is a message to the rest of the country that I don't know how you're going to stop this offense. Not only did they throw the ball for 385 yards, but they also ran it for 182 yards. Jalen Wright was doing his thing. Jabari Small was a little bit banged up. And then Hendon Hooker had another 56 yards on the ground rushing. It was it was masterful on offense, and, and I'm I'm kind of walking away from this game once again saying, who the hell is going to stop Tennessee in this offense, especially when they are fully healthy on that side of the football? Flipping over to the other side with Alabama, 
what, what can you say about Bryce, man? Br- Bryce, the 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 situations that he was put into tonight, the ability to get out of those situations with his legs, to extend the play, to make guys miss. I tweeted out at one point. It, it, it honestly felt like it felt like Bryce was going against high school players because it would it just seems like he was dead to rights. You know, it's third and long, and he's backing up, he's backpelling, he's rolling to his left, he's rolling to his right. It seemed like three or four guys were there. He'd stop on a dime. He would buy just a, a second or two or even longer and, and find a way to get the ball off and get a completion to, to convert whatever situation he was in. He's special. And I know they lost tonight. I know it's, it's, it's almost impossible to, to win a Heisman back-to-back season, but he is one of the best players in the country, if not the best players in the country, and he deserves – to continue to be in the conversation for Heisman finalists. He deserves to be in New York at the end of the year. There are very, very few players, if anyone, that is a better football player than Bryce Young, and he continues to prove it week in, week out. A big, big problem for, for Alabama. You know, obviously Bryce did his thing. Gibbs did his thing. Uh, it, it's, it's the penalties. You know, go back to the game versus Texas. It was sloppy, 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 sloppy. Most penalties ever in, in a Saban Alabama coach football team that we've ever seen. And and tonight we saw that pop up once again. 17 penalties, 130 yards. 17 penalties, 130 yards. When you're facing a football team like Tennessee, when you're facing an offense like Tennessee, you cannot commit penalties on the road. So that's some worrying stuff, man. Alabama right now, and I look at some of the games that we've had this season some of the issues we've had on our secondary, some of the issues we've had with discipline. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned. You know, at the end of the day, too, you know what? Listen, they're in the driver's seat still. If, if, if they can win out, and it's not an easy schedule. they got to face Mississippi State um, next week. You get a bye week. You have to go to LSU, who we'll talk about that game against Florida. Looks good. Then you have to go on the road to Ole Miss, Austin P, and then finish off the finish off the season home. So those that three game stretch, you know, the next three games, you could you could lose one of them, and and we've talked about and we know kind of the the, the path to success and the path to the playoffs does not look favorably on a team with two losses. Uh, not one team has ever made it to the playoffs, and true, they may run the risk of not even making it to the SEC championship game if they lose another game this season in SEC play. So. You know, Nick Saban's going to get those boys right, hopefully this week. But I just think right now we've seen issues this season. Maybe Alabama is just not that good. Should have lost to Texas if Quinn Ewers was playing. Probably should have lost to AM last week. You know, it, that the just horrendous play call by Jimbo uh, at the end of the football game. Alabama sneaks out at home 24 to 20. And then you give up 52 points to Tennessee and you lose that game 52 to 49. I mean, we could be talking about an Alabama team at the moment that could have three losses. Uh, so I don't know if, 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 if you know, we, we, they, the, the excuse last year was it was a rebuilding year. I want to know what the excuse is this year because this is literally a football team that could have three losses right now. They don't, and good teams find ways to win. I get that. But right now, this does not look like a championship caliber football team. And that was a big. Big, big, big blow to uh, to Nick Saban and fellows. But congratulations to Tennessee. They better be partying all damn night, and they deserve it. That is a really good football team, one of the best teams in the country. I think the question everyone's going to be having is, where does Tennessee end up after this weekend? 
do they jump into that maybe the top three? I kind of think though, so. you know, you, you tell me a better resume than what Tennessee has put on at the moment, beating Pittsburgh, beating Florida, beating the living crap out of LSU last week. LSU is five and two. You went into LSU, embarrassed them 40 to 13, and then probably the best one of the season, beating Alabama this afternoon or to this afternoon tonight, 52 49. So it would not surprise me if Tennessee gets some first place votes. It would not surprise me at all if Tennessee is ranked in the top three when it comes to AP poll on Monday. So we shall see that one. Uh, another big win, our Trojan boys, T-Bob, I try to warn them. I try to tell uh, Trojan boys go down in dramatic fashion against Utah at Utah, 43-42. to 42. Did I mention it was a hell of a day of college football for those who missed out? I hope you had some DVR. I hope you can go back and watch these games because they were freaking awesome. Utah, man, uh, struggled a little bit early at times, but these two quarterbacks for both teams were Phenomenal. Great quarterback play all day. Last week was a little bit suspect. The quarterbacks, not this week. Caleb Williams, I talk about Bryce Young being special in, in and outside the pocket. Caleb freaking Williams is a beast. He is a hell of a quarterback. My man is unstoppable uh, and, and, and just in and outside the pocket was making plays. I mean, same thing, like I said about Bryce, like when you think he's dead, when he's surrounded by three or four defensive players, his ability to be a magician and get out of those situations and create plays with his legs and then has a hell of an arm. Uh, I think I told T-Bob this a few weeks ago, and I hate making comparisons to NFL guys because everyone is their own unique player, but he reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes. His The way he creates in the pocket, his arm angles, his his arm strength, just the way he looks and moves on the field, I was like, that's, that's it's Patrick Mahomes 2.0. It is scary, but Cam Rising – is a stud, uh, and, and, and Utah found a way to win the football game. We knew it was going to be tough sledding for USC. They did their thing on offense, just could not hold up on the defensive end of the football. And Dalton Kincaid, I had the opportunity to cover him a couple times at San Diego State, the tight end transfer there, 16 catches for 234 yards and one touchdown. My favorite position of, 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 of offenses nowadays. Love receivers, love explosive receivers. I love offenses like Tennessee. I get it. But when you have a tight end like, like Kincaid, like, like my boy Brock Bowers at UJ, when you can match them up against whether it's slot corners who are smaller, against safeties or linebackers that are inferior in coverage, you are going to win that matchup over and over and over again. And, and my man, 16 catches, 234, went bonkers on that USC defense. And what has USC done all year? They've gotten turnovers on defense. That has been their calling card. Tonight, only one turnover. I, I said it, and, and, and you can check the, the, the socials that we posted on. USC was going to live and die by that sword of can you get two, three, four turnovers a game in order for that defense to, to continue to play like we've seen them play all year. And if they didn't, what would happen? Well, they didn't tonight. Only one turnover gave up 562 total yards in that football game. Also, the big stat we want to see, time of possession. Utah had the ball. Utah was the number one team in the Pac-12 for time of possession. Heading into this game, 33 minutes of possession time. On average, tonight, 32 minutes of possession time to 28 minutes there for USC. They, they, they had the yards. They took care of the football. And a huge win for Utah. That's been kind of reeling a little bit. It's not been the best of seasons for Utah. You know, you, you lose the first game of the season at Florida. You lose a week ago to UCLA. Kind of got embarrassed in that game, honestly. You got out-physicaled 
by the Bruins. And then you come home, a a, a very emotional game honoring some of their uh, teammates. And then they found a way to two-point conversion, man. So big shout-out to the Utes. Huge win. Gutsy call on the two-point. Usually you go for two points if you're on the road and you're in that situation. They said, no, 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 no. We're going for it. We're at home. We got the momentum. We got the quarterback. And Cam Rising, Rising found a way to get into the end zone. Uh, big blow to USC, man. And UCLA, top team in the Pac-12. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Oh, good thing I kind of shifted my team before this weekend, and T-Bob is stuck with them Trojan boy. So... Uh, big, big win. Another big win over this weekend, Michigan. Uh, I was shocked here. I thought Penn State was a good football team. I still think Penn State is a good football team, but they got their ass whooped. You want to talk about getting out physical at the line of scrimmage? Absolutely embarrassing what Michigan was able to do running the football. 400, this is not total yards. This is, this is, this is just rushing yards. 418 rushing yards 
418 rushing yards given up by Penn State. Embarrassed. They got embarrassed. Their offense was embarrassing to watch. Their defensive defensive line was 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 plain pitiful. Uh, you know, my big worry in this game was J.J. McCarthy. I mean, could he stretch the ball vertically down the field? He was efficient. He's been kind of the same J.J. McCarthy we've seen all year. Dinkin and Duncan, safe passes, took care of the football for the majority of it. Did have the pick six, 17-24, 145. Um, but, I mean, when you run the ball for 418 freaking yards, you don't have to ask your quarterback to push the ball vertically down the field. And, and when your defense plays the way they played, you know, only giving up 111 yards rushing, only giving up 157 yards passing. Sean Clifford, 7 of 19, you're going to win a lot of football games. So, you know, Michigan to me looked like the same Michigan team we saw last year, which if I'm Ohio State, I'm a little bit worried. They are physical at the line of scrimmage. The offensive line's balling out. We talk about Heisman, you know, the Heisman conversation. Blake Corum has been Heisman-esque all season long. Uh, this game, 166 yards, another two touchdowns. He better be in that conversation as they continue football games. And this defense continues to kick ass on that side of the football. It is a physical football team. It is a mean football team. It is a very dangerous football team. And right now they're 7-0, 4-0 in the conference. And you look at their schedule going forward, Michigan State, Rutgers, Nebraska. And then you got to face two tough teams on the end. Illinois is playing great football, another win. And then at Ohio State to finish the season off, looking like that's going to be two 11-0 football teams facing each other to see who's going to go uh, to the Big Ten, Big Ten championship game. Most likely, if, if Michigan goes, uh, they will have to probably reface Illinois in that championship game. So, Michigan, congratulations. Y'all kicked some freaking ass, and y'all look physical and dominant. And if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm kind of saying bring on Ohio State. And it's two very different brands of football. You know, one obviously is a lot more finesse, one throwing the football. And the other one is just a nasty, grounded out, pounded out, beat you, knock you in the face. And guess what? The nastier, more physical football team won that matchup last year. So that should give you confidence if you're a Wolverine fan that you can continue to kick some butt this season. Another big win. And boy, oh boy, am I happy to this ball game go into overtime or actually two overtime. TCU was looking kind of bad there in the first half. Oklahoma State was absolutely rolling. Spencer Sanders was doing his thing. They were up big 28 to 13 at halftime. And my boy Max Duggan just could not find anything. Uh, just was off. And, and I was a little bit surprised, man, because y'all know what I've been saying about Oklahoma State and that, that, that secondary, not very good. They have struggled all year. One of the worst secondaries in all of college football. And they kind of showed up and played on the road. They actually showed up and were playing well there in the first half and even heading into the fourth quarter. I mean, look, the, the game was game was kind of out of hand. Um, you know, it was 30 to, what was it, 30 to 16? You know, down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. TCU went on a run, scored 14 points, put that thing into overtime. Max Duggan started to feel himself a little bit. Spencer Sanders with a horrific interception, kind of that monster poked itself out a little bit. He ended up having a, a, a terrible second half, only going 16-36 to 36 there for the football game. And uh, TCU found a way to win in overtime 6-0. and oh. And that's a heck of a win. And, and um, you know, my kind of thoughts on Oklahoma State was I thought this was a, 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 a good football team, but a team that was definitely going to see some adversity this year, maybe lose two or three games. I was thinking a 9-3, 10-2 team. Just because I don't believe in the defense, 
and I like Spencer Sanders. I don't love Spencer Sanders. It's a good team, not a great team. And you saw them get exposed there in the second half and in overtime. Horn Frogs, number one team in the Big 12 right now. Huge win. Max Duggins, man, maybe not a, a – a, this was a game for him to continue to get into that Heisman conversation. He did not perform in a way that would get him into that Heisman conversation. So he'll have more opportunities. TCU, just like everyone else in the Big 12, is going to continue to have more and more ranked games. Huge game next week versus Kansas State. You get West Virginia, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, and Iowa State there to finish the season off. But right now you got to be feeling pretty darn good 6-0 and uh, and, and play at the moment. Uh, ACC. Let's talk a little ACC right now. The Cuse. My Cuse, baby. Syracuse defense kicking NC State, who has just struggled all year to figure out the offense. I mean, they have this has been an offense that's been kind of head stretching for those who have followed NC State for the past couple of years. How they have not been able to find success on that side of the football, you know, found a way to escape a win last week for Florida State. And Syracuse this entire year has found ways to win on the defensive side of the football. And it's been really fun to see, especially as a guy who kind of secretly likes Syracuse, see them continue to find ways, especially with Garrett Trader just giving the ball away. I mean, Syracuse could have run away with this game in the first half. And and Garrett kind of had some pretty bad interceptions that 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 could have essentially taken three, six, nine, or plus points off the board for the Qs. Uh, Sean Tucker went out for an injury with a little bit. But as soon as Sean Tucker got back in the football game, and and got a completion and got a first down and got the ball the, the run game going again. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, Syracuse is back in the driver's seat. And then Gadsden with another incredible performance at the receiving position: eight catches, 141 yards, two touchdowns. But once again, the story of the day was just how good the Syracuse defense has been performing this year. Been one of the best defenses in the ACC, and they better be ready because next week they got a big. They're going to be facing Clemson, and who would have thought we've been saying middle of the season we'd be having the game of the week in the ACC, undefeated Syracuse traveling to undefeated Clemson, who themselves kind of was in control this weekend versus uh, Florida State. Florida State, just like I said earlier with a lot of teams versus Alabama, came out swinging versus Clemson, came out swinging versus the big dog in the first half. Uh, the big turning point was really that fumble, uh, the strip sack fumble right before halftime. Clemson was able to punch it in for a touchdown to take a big lead. They came out and kind of really separate, separated themselves there in the third quarter. It's good to see Florida State continue to fight. We've seen that in games this year where they don't give up in the fourth quarter. But Clemson was just, you know, like I said, I think we always talk about like the end of halves in the beginning of third quarters being so critical when it comes to momentum and the energy in a stadium. And, and to get that that seven points there before halftime after the turnover and then the score first in the third quarter uh, just kind of deflated the crowd. It deflated Florida State. And and, and, and Clemson, you know, what, what we've seen not so great wins this year. And we've kind of had some moments where like, okay, how good is this defense? This defense as elite as we thought they would be. Listen, they find ways to win the football games. And, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You're in the ACC. If you win your conference and you're undefeated, you're going to be in the playoffs. And I think that right now that's all they care about. Like, they're not going to get the style points. They don't have the offense to do that. Once again, their defense isn't as as, as elite as we thought. They're very good. They don't even run. They're a top 10 defense in the country. They're not maybe top five that we're expecting. 
you know, Breesy was back. He's been out for a little bit. You know, he's got to continue to get his legs underneath him. I think that's going to be big as, as he continues to get in game shape. But you look at their schedule, man, if they can get past Syracuse next weekend at Notre Dame, who's playing better football, Louisville, Miami, then South Carolina should be pretty smooth sailings to that ACC championship game for the Clemson Tigers. So big win for them in the ACC. Uh, we'll go, we'll go one more big time game, uh, in this weekend. And I'm going to go to, to Oklahoma versus Kansas. This game moved at the last second up to 10 points, uh, was right around that seven, seven and a half heading into kickoff. Kansas quarterback was ruled out just before the game and Oklahoma, uh, offensively looked like we thought they would look like Dylan Gabriel was back from injury and, and, and kind of had one of his better games just looked good early on, even before the injury. Dylan Gabriel was a little erratic at times, a little high, not really in command of the football. You saw him in more command early on in this football game. You know, they still struggled on defense. I mean, this is still a defense at Oklahoma that gave up 42 points to Kansas and, and a backup quarterback. And Jason Bean is, is, is proven himself as a legitimate backup quarterback in this, in, in this country uh, in, in college football. But still, he's the backup quarterback making his first start on the road and he threw for 265 yards and four touchdowns. Oklahoma, it got to be better on defense. And it's seven games into the season. You're more than halfway through the year, and you're not getting any better on that side of the football. That is very, very concerning as you look at their schedule going forward and the offenses they have to face. This is still going to be a team that is, is going to be in a lot of close contests that are still, to my mind right now, at four and three, probably going to end the season around seven and five. Uh, not a great year, but, but you know what? You, you beat a ranked team. Kansas was number nine heading into this game. You won a ranked game, and and you didn't have a losing record. That's a big word. You're three and three. Imagine being three and four, and you lost to Kansas in your Oklahoma. You did not want to wake up to those headlines tomorrow if you were a Sooner. So congratulations for them getting a big-time win. Kentucky, uh, hit on them real quick. Kentucky looked great for Mississippi State. Defensively, they showed up. Uh, played a tremendous game, really an extremely low-scoring game. Um, you know, was was three to three heading into into halftime. They found a way to slow down that that aerial attack and and, and Will Rogers, Will Levis was was so so. Um, you know, the the running game got going. I think that was the biggest thing, which is a little bit surprising. Chris Rodriguez, 196 yards rushing. Mississippi State is is big and physical up front on defense, and and they just kind of kind of got out physical. And we're talking about the worst rushing attack in all of, of the SEC, 92 yards per game rushing, went in there and had their best rushing attack this game. So that's a good sign for Kentucky that they're getting back to the style of football that they want to be physical, dominate the line of scrimmage, and they look like that tonight. So great overall weekend, man. Lots of great football. If you miss it, find a way to watch the clips. Uh, we appreciate y'all jumping with us late night snaps. And uh, T-Bob and I will be back with you on Monday as we get ready for hopefully another great weekend of college football. See ya. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.